When you start a business, you have the fucking right to be selfish. Hey, and welcome to the Average Joe to CEO podcast. This is your host, Steve White. I got a really special guest, Brian Kress from WaterTech Mobile Detailing. And uh, you know what? Let's just jump right into it. What's up, Brian? How's it going, man? What's up, Steve? Thanks for having me on. Hey, Thanks. no problem, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to, to be with me tonight. So the um, purpose of uh, having people on is just so folks get an idea of what you've gone through um, to go from like employee to employer, what the things that you've done um, and, and kind of the whole process to get to a point where you are now. So why don't you just tell everybody where you are right now and then we'll kind of jump back of how it all started. I on Facebook, which is ironic. But we our did. Connection through the mobile detailing. So you see, we were absolute strangers before that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, which is kind of cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, all right, bro, my bad. But let me take you back real quick. What really broke me, man, was I became a petty theft little kid because I was just, you know, being raised the way I was. I got in some trouble around 14 years old, 15 years old. So that really broke me, and I had to get away from my crap. Okay. Okay? But I knew I was going to get away from my crowd. You know what I mean? Yep. So I had that feeling, which is, you know, if you ever talk, if you ever think about those deep thoughts about, man, these people can get me in trouble. Well, it can happen. Like, I am also living proof of that. See, the interesting I, thing is you know. You you know when it's happening. Oh, and my God, I knew these guys <laughs> were going to get me in trouble, man. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, a couple of them, you know, we've all kind of went our own way, but, you know, a couple of them never really rebounded. Never really did much from what I understand. So, you know, um... I made a choice at that time, somehow looking back, where I was either going to hang with this little crowd and get in trouble and kind of maybe still act like a little kid, or I could start hanging around with the, my friends who I saw them. And I know it's material, but they were, you know, they were coming to school in their junior or senior year and they had brand new clothes on. And they were leaving for lunch, you know, and going to McDonald's and I'm still packing lunches and eating school lunches and you know I'm still wearing my shoes that I got from Christmas hoping I get a new pair for my birthday right. you feel me yep. I'm not living like that homie you know what I mean so that- I think we're all faced with that choice though where you see those the, the friends that you have and you're like I, I, I can go down this path or I can make a new way or something and I'll, I'll clue you in on this I had, a, I had a buddy later on in life that we get together and golf now and again right and um, and he told me one time when we were out, he's like, you know what? Back in the day, he said, I thought you were kind of lame, man. You know, we'd want to hang out and do this, that, and the other, and and you just kind of go off on your own way, you know. And he said, looking back, I kind of wish I was hanging with you. I said, well, look at us now, man. We're good to go. But he he's like he's like I just you know at the time when we're all hanging out being cool, he said you just stepped away and did something else i said i don't know what it was it was in my gut i felt it i needed to do something else i knew i had another path there so was I, a spark. I feel like i the feel like spark. that's what happened to you yeah yeah well all my friends drove and all of them worked steve so that's the got it and i eventually tagged up with a buddy of mine steve another friend of mine steve and his father got me a job at a dealership um down in my way and, and you know I don't I don't want to plug anybody but I work for a <laughs> big okay. time you know big time car dealership so the dealership so, what were you doing there well I was actually at first I was a carport okay what you okay what that means is um, 
a service writer is someone who's going to write up, you know, whatever technician, whatever technician is going to work on your car, whatever service you're going to get done. And then I'm the guy that's going to go out and take the mileage, note any damage, put the plastic on the seat, put the paper in the on the floor. Yeah. Come back. Tag the key with the you know the, with the matching mirror tag, the yep. paper tag, whatever you do. It got into you know a uh, car got serviced and it's a great client. They spent a thousand bucks on the new transmission. Let's give them a good detail. So we you know a couple of the lot guys and myself you know being that I was a service guy, mm-hmm. um, you know we all would just tag up on the car. A couple of us were really good and into it. And a couple guys were just kind of you know hanging out and you know wiping down things with paper towels. You know what I mean? Just Right. You know, so <laughs> I kind of had a niche with it. Um, so you've been not only but before you even driving and noticing the guys' cars and everything else, and then you're at the dealership, valeting cars essentially, and then get into cleaning I them. Up into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, was, yeah. All, it was all me kind of, just tripping up. Yeah. Like, like the one second I realized after I got in some trouble as a young kid, doing just doing stupid stuff, fighting, and um, I said the garbage, uh, I said the garbage can on fire, um, <laughs> little dumb stuff. I, I stole a hat from the mall, um, but you know, but let me say when I stole that hat, I just want to talk about this real quick. Yeah. My best friend Mikey, I grew up with. He stood outside that store, and the general manager of that store at that time told him to leave, or he would be charged. He said, "He said I'm staying here with my best friend, and I'll take my I'll take my punishment." So I always want to throw that shout out to my best friend Mikey, who's still my best friend to this very day. Um, we're we're complete opposite of guys, man, but he, he's but he's still like a brother to me, and I'll never forget that. But we got into a lot of trouble, and that point when we got into that trouble. Him and I kind of went the opposite way. I started working, and his parents and I, and you know, because of that time when we got caught, we had to go to court and all. There was a little bit of, there was there was a little bit of, of bad feelings, I guess, and we all kind of knew we needed some time apart. Yep. We're still best friends to this day. We're still cool, you know, whatever. But um, I love him to death. I love his parents. Um, but during that time. I chose to work and hang out with this certain group of guys. You know what I mean? The guys washing the cars in the driveways, yep. the boom boxes, and playing the basketball and everything. And I just kind of t- went towards that angle. Um, yeah, so that's how it started uh, out with me, man. I've always been in the cars. I've always been, you know, I, I have the detailing business as well. And I've always been in the cars and I'm modifying cars. And I actually started a little uh, car stereo because I was always into electronics. I took electronics in high school, right? So I was into uh, car stereo stuff, so I created a little business called um, Precision Designs. So I would install the amps and speakers and all that stuff, right? But they didn't have crossovers back then. So back in the early 90s, right? Back in the early 90s, uh, they only had full range um, amplifiers, right? So when you'd hook up to the subwoofers, you'd hear the highs coming out of it. So using my electronics background, I'd, I'd get some electronic components, put them together, put them on the back of the speaker box, and then it would be this low-pass filter that I'd put in there. And then, I mean, I was getting all kinds of business when people heard that, right? Anyway, I could go down that road for a lot, but I've always been around vehicles too, right? So we're hanging out, we're doing that. You know, I'm installing car stereo stuff. I always kept my stuff clean. And so... Which, which you can get, I'm saying, which, which don't, you know... The, the the car thing can either save you or can hurt you as well. So oh yeah, you know, it's not always. <laughs> I don't want to knock car groups or, or the car business, but you know, 
my experience was different. Maybe yours was too, but the car business can also have its cost and its lifestyle too. Oh yeah. So it, it can get overrun and, and kind of give you down a path just like anything else, right? Yeah. Always the next biggest, better thing. But I'll yeah. tell you the moment when I knew that there was two, two times when I knew that I should go into detailing. And I know you have these moments as well. Whenever I would take my, just drive my car around, I had a Honda Accord all souped up, you know, with racing seats and all that stuff in it. And everybody would tell me, man, how many times do you wax that thing? The paint looks so deep. Right. I didn't think anything of it, right? I just, you know, knew I wanted to take care of my car. That, that, that was like, yeah, I, I must be doing something right because I just, you know, know what I'm doing and, and, and these people are noticing it, right? So the other time is um, when I was, before I was married, my fiance, then wife, right? Um, she had, we, she wanted a Honda Civic, all custom. I mean, we took the thing completely apart, new engine, put the windows back in, seals, custom interior. I mean, it was a show car, right? But the paint that I kept so well, this guy comes up, it was a Carlisle, Pennsylvania. You're familiar with the big shows up yeah, there, right? Yeah, the big shows in Carlisle. So we're in, the, we're in the wild category. And One hell know, of a place. Yeah. yeah, it is an insane place. This guy comes up and he's like, that paint... I, it, because it was like a, it was called um, uh, seafoam green, right? And the guy's like, Yeah, I remember the green. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the guy yeah. comes up. He's like, I know this is gonna sound really weird, but that looks so good. I just want to lick the car. <laughs> what were you using back then? Were you buffing? Because DA polishers weren't really necessarily in the game. Right. So um, there was a there was a car. Um, I can't remember the name of the place. The, the girl's name was Frankie. I can't remember the place, the shop she worked at. But they were hosting a thing from Meguiar's, right? I've always been a Meguiar's fan. I'm not me trying too, to, I'm not trying to no. post anybody, but that's who I like. Yeah, man, stay, stay, stay classy, dude. So yeah. I, I like, I like the Meguiar stuff, and they were having a class. So I drove two hours out to Virginia to to attend this class, and they only had your direct drive, you know, one direction buffers, right? That was it. Foam pads, black polishing pads, stuff that, like that. That was Huge it. pads too, huge, yeah. So yeah. We, we spent yeah. six hours out there just learning and figuring out all the tools that they had, when to use what when and all that stuff, man. And that was, uh, man, that was back 99 or 2000. Yeah. So you spent in sand and, and, and wearing wool. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, right. right. Everything. Okay. And okay. so so learning those techniques and what to use and what compounds or polishes or what they really did, you know, when to use the a wax and those things. and how to do it right, man. Yeah. So, um, man, I took that. And then, and, and you know, and I want you to speak to this as well, that you, you just learn by doing, right? Think about think about wow. the like yeah. There's no other explanation. For think it. about the people now, right? They watch YouTube videos or they talk to somebody or whatever, and they think they're an expert. You don't know anything until you put it down and do it. That's 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 the biggest thing. And any so I want people to take away from this is you got to get out there and do it. You can talk about it. You can think about it. You can you know have a conversation. When rubber meets the road. That's when you learn. No pun intended. No. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just want to know when that moment was for you. Like when you're you're in the car thing, you're you know, you're you're having some trouble, you're trying to figure out your identity, okay. right? Yes. You're trying to create that. Talk about what what was that pulling some money from cleaning cars, man. When did, when did that happen for you for you on your own? What you so you're at the dealership. 
Okay, okay, I'm sorry. You're, you're, so doing, you're doing the cleaning. So I'm a young kid going into my 15th, 16th birthday, right? Yeah. I want my driver's license. I want my car, right? I'm saving money, right? That's what I want to do at this point. There's no yeah. other... There's no other explanation. Um, my background from where I came from is, just, you know, from a, 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 uh, my mother worked two jobs. My mother, um, my mother is um, unfortunately she has, you know, she, she got bit by the by the uh, by some of the negative things that happen in life. Man, she can't get over some things. So that taught me a lot because um, we were basically, you know, not basically we were living in terrace apartment complexes terrace means you're living on the bottom um which is basically a, a, a government subsidized apartment okay and that taught me a lot there so okay so let me just make sure you understand like my mother wasn't home my father was never around so i also didn't have choices i got pinned in some corners certain times especially when i got in trouble um because my mother continued to work her two jobs and go live her life um being that there was the parenting aspect there, I started to cling on to my older friends. Oh, yeah. That led me to follow them. Like I said, I was starting to go down some paths, and luckily I came across my buddy Steve and his father. So I'm working at this well-known dealership. You need to remember that these vehicles are, you know, someone's property. I mean, that's what I learned so fast. And then me... Being around my friends, man, who were into Toyota Celica GTSs and Honda CRX SIs, yep. and I had my little rabbit, man, with my little 16-inch, <laughs> you know, aftermarket wheels, and the no one could sit in the back seat, dude, because the wheel, the, the the springs would smack down on my wheels, and and the actual inner metal of the of the of the quarter panel trim ring. So if you can imagine where the top of the tire sits, it looks real cool in a parking lot. Oh yeah. Well. But it's not really lower. It's just like my, <laughs> my dumb ass bought some rims instead of getting springs and a nice clutch in that little rabbit. So, yeah. Um, but let me tell you, man, I bought that rabbit for $700 cash with my hard-earned money uh, from a guy in Ellicott City. Uh, the windows were taped up because if anyone knows anything about 81 rabbits, you know, everything was glued and they were on those rusty tracks that rolled down. So they eventually, you, know, you were eventually at some junkyard getting parts. But, um... The thing about that car, man, I kept that thing clean and it had a little leak um, coming through the upper part of the uh, windshield gasket. So what would happen is the passenger side would get damp and get a little bit of water in it. So I would constantly vacuum it. So my carpets and my interior always looked great. Now the car was a white rabbit. By virtue of a leak, you had to keep that sucker clean. <laughs> Well, dude, what was funny, man, in the, in the wintertime, bro, the actual water would freeze, so sometimes there'd be a little ice cube on the floor <laughs> the passenger side. Crazy. I know that struggle, man. <laughs> dude, it was wild. But um, everybody's been there, you know. Either you have the window that doesn't go up or the mirror or the mirror that doesn't work. You know? But um, I had the leaky faucet floor. But that car was very well-kept, and, and I took a lot of pride in that car, was my point. And... Um, that car taught me a lot about girls, about friends, about, um, I had like a real relationship with that car. I had a real journey with that car. Uh, yeah. That car got me to and from school. It got me to and from work. That car needed to be maintained. 
Um, being from my background, not, not coming from, you know, money and not having things that I had to work for, obviously going to school, Steve, and being in high school, I wasn't making a lot of money. But. No, none so of us I, were, man. I remember my 380 an hour job. Well, ain't, yeah, ain't right. Dude, five, yeah, five bucks an hour, whatever. And, and, and you know what I'm doing, man? I'm out front of Salvo Auto Parts, bro. Yeah. You know, changing my own spark plugs. Or if I get a miss down the road, I'm driving that son of a bitch with a hazard zone until I find a, you know, a, a hardware store, a local parts store. So that's one of you the know? things that I don't. I think that people take for granted now because back in the day, you did everything to your car. You did the spark plugs. You did the wires. You did the oil. You did the. You did everything. You did the suspension. I would have people come over. I didn't have. Uh, spring, what are they called? The things that would hold the springs so you could take yeah, the whole the, assembly the, out? Yeah, the thing that if you, the thing that would snap out and, and knock your head off. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have those. Let me let me tell you this. Let me tell you what I did. So I, I do uh, spring suspension stuff for, for my friends, right? Because uh, I, I had a car club and, and so we'd, you know, lower our cars and all that stuff. Did so you it, cut springs? I did not. I mean, okay. I, I have, I have, yes, right, I have right, done right, that. Right. Okay, but I'm okay. talking about somebody Somebody bought springs and they wanted them on their, everybody's done that. I, I bought springs and would put them on their stock shocks, right? But in order to get that off, I didn't have anything to hold the spring compressed so I could undo it nice and easy and then release it. Yeah. So yeah. here's what I did, is I stood on the spring with a wrench holding the top and an Allen key and would slowly turn it turn it turn it and hold my breath till it went boom underneath my feet and shot everywhere and i had people look see where every part went and we pick them back up put it together shove it all back in boom so you kind of did it like a potato chip bag <laughs> man it was it was on the ground and i'm undoing it and it just goes like this either side just shoots out from underneath my feet everything because that springs under a lot of tension right bro how many how many <laughs> million times did god look out for you on that Every time, man, because you, you talk about all four corners, corners of the car. Yeah. All yeah. four corners of the car and how many cars I did. I mean, 10, 20, how 30, long would it 50. Take to, how long would it take just to do one? Uh, not long. If everything came out, I mean, there were times where bolts were, you know, an older vehicle, yeah. the bolts were kind of, you know, tight. But once I got it out, man, I would have that thing out, slap back in in 15 minutes. Each, I mean, I've each seen corner. transmissions dropped. I've witnessed yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like cars being cut, you know, like yep. you get cut out and things would be dropped. Yeah, every I, every I, corner I, would yeah. take like 15 minutes. And there were times where, look, man, let, let, here's us making things work, right? So I had a guy, uh, his um, in, in his rear driver's side shock, I'll never forget it, rear driver's side shock, the bolt wasn't coming out. It was basically welded in the space. So I was like, well, we've already done the other ones. This happens to be the last one. you got to get it done. So we find a, a Sawzall or something, and we're using a, a, a torch, you know, an oxacetylene torch, and we're doing whatever we can. And I cut the thing out. And I was like, all right, now we got to find a bolt. <laughs> so we're looking around his dad's garage, and we find a bolt. And we just found what? one that was close enough, man, and shoved that thing in there and tighten it back up. Done. When you when you cut that, you were you just you just cut around it is what you did and kind of chipped it away or so we cut we cut the bolt and then we had to take it because the, the end of the bolt was off, right? Right, right. But you had right, to get right. it out. So here here's what people don't understand now. They always take it to a shop or something and have them do it. No. I had to take a screwdriver with a hammer and hammer that thing through. That's what I was wondering, okay. okay. And th and then it's bent, twisted, and then you're yeah. hammered again and Oh man, that took us a whole day to get that thing out. But you know what? 
you learn you learn so much and appreciate so now at the point in life right i can take it somewhere and have it done but i know what it takes to do those things i know what it takes to bust your knuckles up to change those things out it's but it's not about being broke or at that time i I would say it wasn't necessarily about being you know not not broke but being a young kid and a young guy i think we really did it steve out of the nature of getting shit done you just got it done yeah Yeah. you just got it done there was nothing else to do now we were very lucky and i don't want to get off on a tangent with this but we were very lucky at the time to not have social media because we had to stay busy oh yeah um yeah there was there was was no social media craziness but it wasn't as much and we could be outside doing stuff whenever we wanted right right so one of the things and you and i man when we talk we get off on a bunch of stuff so this is going to go all over the place and i'm okay with that (laughs) okay i'm sorry no 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 what i i'm going to take it to another place too what i tell my um tell my son both of my boys actually i said one of the things i think is everybody needs to hit and be hit in the face to know what that feels like right that's that helps you in life that helps you in business that helps you any way you can because you you have a different respect then man i know what that pain feels like right and so whether it's busting my knuckles on the car or really getting in a fight or whatever it may be yeah you just you have a different appreciation for life and how things work then well there's an attitude about things brother oh yeah that social media and stuff like that changed and just you can't say boo to anybody or whatever. If you knew that if you mouth off to somebody you were going to get cracked, you may think a little harder. I just, you know, and, and it, you know what, bro? It isn't even about, like, you know, taking it to the violent level or cracking. It was just that back of your mind, man, where you're like, dude, if I do something like this, man, the police might come or... Man, I might hurt my mom's feelings, man. Or oh yeah, man, that was a huge thing. Yeah, make, like just think about this simple thing. Do you want to be the fucking guy sitting there at Christmas, everybody's looking at, sitting on the couch, and you're the fucking douchebag that kind of fucked the family over the previous year because you kept doing dumb shit? <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to be that. Sometimes nobody it happens. Wants to be but, that guy yeah. that doesn't get invited. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants to be that guy who's looked at. So. Shoot, man. Like our boys, I'm not going to say we were, we were worry-free because of the way you and I are. Right. You know, you and I know how, you and I pretty much know how you and I are outside of this little electronic world. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's that old school cloth. We're the, we're the old roller skating boys, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, we went, we were roller skating, bro. <laughs> I'll never forget the roller skating days. And so that's... I think that's one of the <clears throat> one of the things for me. So, you know, so back in the day, I, I used to skateboard a lot, roller skate, all that stuff, right? And then I couldn't wait to get to a, get a car so that I could go skate in different places. And then I did or that. Or go and I was like, take your girl somewhere, like, right? Yeah. All the above, yeah. Right. So that that for me was part of my car journey. Which is, was why you kept it clean, which is why we kept it nice. Always, man. And I, I've, I've had friends and some that may be listening to this when, when I post it. Uh, they would call me and say, hey, look, man, I got a date. Can I use your car? You can take mine. Because <laughs> it was clean. Dude, I've used... I've, yeah, man. Yeah, I do. I've actually had people 
call me when I was younger, before I, all the detailing self-employment start, and be like, Ziggy, man, I got to take out my girl. Yep. I, I, I need you to do whatever you do to your car. Yep. You know, or my when I lived at home with my mom, um, who he's actually still a client. I won't use his whole name. He's a great, great guy. His name is Steve as well, ironically. He's also <laughs> self-employed. But um, he, uh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, um, uh, he owns a he owns a, a huge painting company, and um, so I've done vans for him. I've done multiple vehicles for him because he has a successful painting business. So he, you know, he's had some nice trucks and some oh, yeah. toys, and I've cleaned them all for him. But um, that started out front of my mom's house, dude. Wow. That's that relationship started not beyond him just walking the dogs by the house and waving to me and my mom. And so, how many years ago so, was that? Okay, so. Because right, here we I, are, 2019, you want me to get right? Back, yeah, you want me to get back into the car thing? I'm just trying to understand the, the process of you getting to where you are. You know what I'm saying? So this right. guy this guy that you started out back in front of your mom's house, and yeah, now you, right, he's still there, a client. Right? No, but he's still a client today, right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So yes, you only is. get that way from somebody that you trust and that knows yeah. what they're doing, right? Do so you remember those old Land Cruisers? Oh, yeah. Those big bulky ones? Absolutely, yeah. Like the kind you see jumping dunes? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, he had one of those and I cleaned that or he his wife had one of those. They lived they lived not down not that too far down the street from my mom. And he used to see me clean my cars all the way from sixteen, you know, and then I had my crotch rocket, then I had my Toyota, then I had my GTI. So he saw all that. You know, I mean he's yep. no, I mean I am bring those up. I don't have them right yep. now, bro. Because I had the crotch rocket, I had the yeah, I had all that too, yep. Trust me, I'm not trying to press it, but it's come and went. Um, and, it, and you know, and some of it's kicked me in the ass. But um, yeah, man. Um, ironically, that guy, uh, he's a good friend, of course, because you know you just build relationships like that, man. I mean, we go four wheeling and stuff together. He's like a big brother to me, honestly. Now. That's awesome, man. Um, but I still, yeah, like his wife just called me a few weeks ago when they got their new Range Rover, and she was like, look. You know, can you just come over and do your thing? I don't, you know, I don't like what happened at the dealership. I didn't even bother, you know, bitching. I just want, I just knew I could call you. Yep. So, you know, I have long-term relationships. And, you know, here it is. She's bought a pre-owned certified, you know, uh, Range Rover that you would think would be done nice and done respecting, respectfully. But um, um, going back into, into the business side of it, um, you know, I have clients who call me because, you know, starting off as such a young kid in this business, man, it's got me to be, you know, it got me through a lot of trouble. It it, it made me work around, you know, salesmen um, who were dressed up um, and made me work around a lot, a lot of men, which looking back, obviously I, I needed that. Thank God I, I was working because I was, I, you know, I was forced to be around mechanics and shop foremans and service writers and married, you know, men that were married and had kids and then, you know, they weren't there to fuck off. Right. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't fuck off, dude. Get the, you know, hey, hey, dude, go find something to do. You know what I mean? I get that would happen. Yeah. That would literally happen. Hey, man, go find something to do. You guys can't hang out here. You know what I mean? Get a, get away from the service machine. You know, stop flirting with the girl, you know, the telephone girl. Like, no no joke. So I had, I learned. I grew up. But that brings up a good thing. So one of my, one of my first jobs, uh, official jobs, was um, just busting tables at a local restaurant, right? And so one time I walked out into the uh, dining area 
just to take a scan of the tables to see what was there, what was needed. And I walked right. back, right? The manager comes up to me. He said, don't you ever walk out that door or back in without something in your hand. And I was like, wow. I was 14 at the time, and it's been a lot of years, and I'll never, ever forget that. I knew that was coming, dude. You knew it, right? You knew it. And I tell thing. kids now. Do you see me right now when yep. I just did? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, dude, I, I got fixed after that one working at the restaurant, but I, that's, you know, whatever. So, I still do right, that man. today, man. Years and years later, I still, I, I will not go anywhere without something in my hand. Right? How about when you're stocking or storing your van, dude? You're always... Your always. hands are always full. Always yeah. humping. Yep. Yeah. Always leave the van grabbing something or put something in your pocket or take a note of what you might need. You know, something. You know? So talk to me about what um so through through the dealerships and all that stuff, what what was the point? When when did you say I, I gotta do this on my own? I gotta make my own money, I gotta I gotta make this happen. Okay. I won't go into detail about some of the odd jobs and corporate jobs and stuff, but what's important is uh, let me just let me just kind of go real quick, Steve. What my whole point I feel that I guess I was trying to get out is, you know, I was a troubled young man who didn't come from the greatest environment, okay? Right. And and I made a couple bad choices, but I ended up finding my way. So I want to make sure that that okay, let's just get make sure we have that point out there. I, that that's just important. Absolutely. You know, as a personal favor, just make sure that point doesn't get edited. No, absolutely. Um, so here's what happened, bud. So you got this young guy, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old. Man, I'm feeling good, doing right, man. You know what I mean? Got a job, got a car. My 17th or 18th, I was, I was either 17 or 18 years old. It was the day before Mother's Day. I wrecked that rabbit. I remember it was the day before Mother's Day because my mom was really upset. I felt bad for ruining her Mother's Day because um, she was so worried about me, of course. But it wasn't that big deal. I wrecked the rabbit. And, of course, you know, that was all the money I had. And right. that car, Steve, when that car went to the, on the tow truck, like, it was shiny and clean. Like, the tires were shiny. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it was yeah. a shiny, wrecked car on the tow truck. It was wow. the oddest looking thing, okay? And, um... I'll never forget that picture. But anyway, what had happened was I just, I just, I just, the steering wheel got away from me. I hopped up onto the curb. Um, being that I had my wheels out, the, the, I had the wide rims and, you know, a bent wheel and such. So the car got twisted underneath. That's why the car got totaled. It was an old car. So, um, it wasn't that big. So, um, So anyway, um, I was young, learned my lesson, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I was speeding, you know what I mean? Coming from a friend's house, we had a couple of drinks. So, I, you know, all that added up, you know what I mean? Yep. So that hit me kind of hard. Being a 17-year-old kid, having you paid a cash time. for it, you your money, right. you know, it was I'm your thing you took right, care man. of. Yeah. Yep. Life was going pretty good. Well, guess what happens when you lose a car? You lose your job. Yeah, got to get there. So my hours got cut. Yep. So I ended up, you know, being back on the bus. And what that did, I won't get into all that, but that taught me a lot. That taught me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that taught me a lot. And I ended up having to go, I went somewhere else. I forgot where it was. I went to work for a little bit. Oh, I started working 
for my stepdad. Um, a, a relationship that wasn't great, but you know, at least he and my mom and I had somewhat of a family. So he was big on me because I was I had such a strong work ethic. He did respect me. But as far as being a good stepdad, being cool, he was he was a dick, dude. You know what I mean? Bottom line, he was a dick. So. We argued, we fussed a lot, but he really did have his interest out for me to be a hard worker. Okay, so I do respect the man. He did teach me things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, computer stuff and uh, you know, and ordering supplies and making sure you know you got your truck loaded up and make sure you know you're always ready the night before. Don't wait till the morning. You know, he was good about that. You know, made sure he always had batteries and his flashlights. He was a he was an alarm installer, so he was up in crawl spaces and all kinds. So he like flashlights for his lifeline. Yeah, I don't I don't want to let that point slip. So what you said there about making sure that everything's stocked the night before, not the morning of. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. That's huge, especially in detailing, because you got your towels that you need cleaned, right, and, and fresh yeah. and ready to go. You need to make sure all your products are there, your degreaser or whatever. Empty out your dirty vacuum so your van doesn't stink yep. like crap the next all day. All that has to be done. So when you have a full day and you come home, that stuff has to be done. Oh, people don't know you're, you're still spending another 45 minutes loading up the tank and putting gas in the generator and then uh, cleaning out your vacuum. Right. They don't see any of that. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I mean, the only thing good about cleaning out the vacuum is I get free coffee change. So they see, they see. So you you coined this phrase, and I, I still use it all the time. All okay. they see, they see you show up, they see you shut up, and they see you shine up. Well, that's, as long as you that's, do that, that's yeah. it. Well, obviously, bro, you and I are some chatty Cathy's. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's um, right. We, we probably wouldn't get a much accomplished man. Um, well, you have to do the marketing. So Working, working listen, together, dude, it might be tough for us to get a lot accomplished. <laughs> no, but again, that's, yeah, that's right. That's why we don't. But that's, so that's, so here, here's the thing about being a, a business, a detailing business owner, right? So you, you have to, you have to market, you have to field phone calls, you have to do pay, pay, you know, the pay, either collect payment or pay out anybody that's helping you. You have to order new supplies, take inventory of supplies, make sure that all your equipment's working, you know, test new products, test new products. I don't, I don't, I do not let a new product on another person's vehicle until I've done it on mine. I own. That's right, bro. On my own. And that, those are important. So all those things you have to do. So a lot of people don't understand Like when you're going from you know, they think, oh, well, you have a detailing business. You have every aspect. You have customer relations. You have marketing. You have everything that you want to do associated with a business. You have to do is something just as people discount detailing. We do everything. We're doing the hard work. We're, we're marketing. We're taking pictures. We're doing everything. When you say discounted, you mean you mean they, they, they make it mediocre. Yeah, so any kind of... Uh, um, Disrespectful, almost. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll clue in a little thing, right? So, so my, detailing is my side deal. You know, my brother, he's full time in it, and it's it's my side deal part time. And um, you know, some people here in the where I live, you know, had a problem with me having vehicles come into the house. You and I talked about this before, but people don't know about it yet, right? So they had a problem with coming here, and it was once or twice. And and being a, a people person and wanting to help people out as we do. People request, hey, can I just drop the car off? It's so much more convenient. Hey, look, I'm a mobile detailer, but sure, if that's more convenient with you, drop it by. So they had a problem and wanted to um, 
uh, you know, say I'm running a commercial business out of a residential area and, and all I've these things, right? Warned. Yeah, I've been warned of the same thing out front of my mom's house a long time ago, brother. So I, I, I know that. I'm sorry you went through that. I know that's stupid. It, it, it is. And, I, and, and so one of the things I said, it's really unfortunate that the people who help the most, whether it be cleaning a building, a vehicle, or anything else, get looked down upon. I don't know why that happens. I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, it, 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 you've seen the memes as much as I have. I respect the person that's picking up the trash as much as the uh, CEO, right? And one of the people that I follow is uh, Grant Cardone. Yeah, I follow a guy named Grant Cardone. You, you may have heard of him. He's he's a, a crazy salesperson, right? Well, he had a show, um, and it was basically weeding out people to come work for him, right? I don't remember the name of the show. It doesn't matter. So he walked by and he saw somebody walk by a piece of trash that was sitting on the ground. And he went off. He said, you think you're too big? You want to own a company or work here or do something? And you're too, you're too good to pick up that trash that's on the floor? Don't ever think you're ever too good for that. He said, I'm a 10 times over millionaire. And I won't walk by a piece of trash without picking it up. It, you know what that is? That's community. Yeah, you got to take care of it. Yep. That's nothing to do with him giving that person a hard time. He's basically trying to teach that person community. Well, yeah, but he was giving them a hard time because of the type of ethics that they have. He said, we don't want people like you working here. Yeah. No. Whatever. Here's the, here's the key phrase, and you and I know so, this as well. Too. Whatever yeah. it takes. Whatever it takes, right? It's not, it's not the first half hour. It's the last half hour, bro. Oh, yeah. What time, what, what does everybody do that slacks off? And I don't want to, you know, crush anybody's spirit, but <laughs> the human spirit in, in the corporate world is, you know, you're punching out at 3.30 when you're, but you're still there till 5. Uh, vacation starts next week, but you're on vacation mine Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before. Yeah. You know, that hurts a big company in the, in the long-term effects of things. What that does to people, um... What that does to some people is it becomes a mindset, basically, bro. It does, yep. And and so that's perpetrated all the time. And, and one of the things that you know I talk to people about and people that I follow say this as well, that everybody's looking for the weekend and they ain't done nothing all week, you know? And if you're... Re- but they, they want to celebrate empty... They want to celebrate empty... It's called celebrating... Um, uh, uh, you're celebrating all your empty promises to yourself. Right. So, you know, people that are religious, right, they say, you know, even God took a break on Sunday. Yeah, but do you know what he did for the six days previous to that? He was working hard, man. He was working and he, hard. And he, and he fasted. And he fasted. And they decided, now, I, now I'll take a day off, right? Yeah, he wasn't sitting around eating, watching, watching sports. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. You know what? You yep. know what I mean? And, yep. and like, again, man, again, Steve, let me apologize. Sometimes I might come off a little bit hard, you know, but I, you know, it's part of the entrepreneurial mind. Yep. And I am a street kid, so I, I kind of don't want to hear anybody's fucking excuses. And that's what they are, man. So if you, you know, I don't have time or I don't have this. Look, I, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. So I, you know, I have a full time job and the detailing on the side and now i, I know that about you man I, I i respect that dude that's a lot of stress and and the kids and the podcast and yeah. the, and the band you know go 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 i mean go. <laughs> it's it's go. just but but it's it's all these things and the what it, what it was hard and so you, you know this 
I had to compartmentalize all those things, and I, I had to talk to a counselor to help me out with that, right? I didn't, I couldn't figure it out on my own. I had to talk to a counselor to help me understand. So when I'm into you something- You wanted to be better, Steve. Absolutely. Right? You wanted to, right, good for you, man. So when I'm into something, I'm focused on it fully. Like when I'm with my kids, that they need to know that I'm there with them. When I'm here with you now, they, you know, I need to be here. And so that's one of the things that uh, it's still a learning progress, man. It's in doesn't, fact, you it doesn't and I come naturally. Do this. No, it doesn't Either come you naturally. You and I are the kind of guys that wouldn't do this with our kids. We would right. make sure our kids, yeah, this is, I don't have my boy tonight, you don't have your kid. Yeah. So, you know, that is, that's another reason why you and I have so much respect for each other, man. Yep. You know, it's not just because you and I can, you know, know how to run a DA across the hood. You know what I mean? We, we know a lot more about life, man. And I think I appreciate that about you, dude. Uh, Knowing there's other fathers out there who know they're trying to be role models yeah. instead of trying to make money and trying to look cool and trying to date because all that stuff comes with it. You know, you want to, you want, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, dude. I, I like being cool. You know, I mean, I, I want to still be cool. I sure. still want to feel, you know, genuinely, you know, cool through life. But being a dad and owning a business, man, you know, the, the cool shit just has to be put in the back pocket and hopefully yep. it never goes away and you can pull it out again one day. You are who you are, man, and you're not going to change that, but you know you have things you got to take care of. And there's people one counting you'll on come you. back to it. Just don't lose it. Don't yep. lose that spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can't all be teenagers, man, but it doesn't mean <laughs> not to lose the spirit. Some know? days we feel like it, right? I, I had a conversation with my son yesterday and we were talking about... Um, just just setting goals and, and learning. I said, you know, I'm I'm 42 now and I'm still learning this stuff. I don't have it right, but I want to I want to talk to you at 15 and, and start this process now. Um, set set some kind of schedule. Say I'm going to focus on music for him or lacrosse for him or whatever it may be for him. Right. Focus on that time. And his passion or your passion? No, no, if his. I, total his. Okay, totally okay. his. Yeah, this is all his stuff. He he okay. plays saxophone and whatever. Right. So I said. Focus on that. If you want an hour, focus on an hour and then be done and move on to the next thing. And when you do that, this is the important part here. When you do that, when you have that time and you're completely focused, no phone or anything, you're completely focused on your practice or whatever it may be. When you get done with that and then move on to something else, you start building trust in yourself and you believe in the things that, that it, it kind of builds your identity, right? So you trust and you have self-confidence and all those things that when you're given a task or have to do a task, you know, like, I trust myself to do that. That bark goes. Yeah, it, it, and and you start feeling good. And so if, if you have like a little depression or whatever it may be, and we all have these things in us, right, to certain Absolutely. degrees. It's actually good for you in some ways, man, if you can bounce back. Absolutely, and when you feel that, but you know you can trust yourself to hold yourself to something, right? Say, I'm gonna get up, and I, I've done this myself, and I've slipped and I'm finally back. When I get up in the morning, I down some water and I do some kind of exercises, squats, push-ups, something. Every yeah. morning, every I have to do it. Yeah. Because you that, that, sets right, yeah, right, that right. sets my day. Yeah, that sets my day. And so yeah. I know and I feel I hold myself accountable that I need to get up, I need to I have water beside my bed, I drink my water, I start doing my thing whether it be meditation some days or like a stretching some days and and working out some days, but it's always something to set my mind straight. Let me touch real quick on the water, man. 
and I'll use the pond with the fuel injector. What people don't understand about the water thing in the morning, and, and it's not—I'm not a doctor or a scientist—but what I've discovered. Hit him with some bro it. science, man. <laughs> well, here's what's up, dude. Um, I—I—I'm—I'm I'm short. I'm short and stocky, so my weight goes up fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have to be very structured about my diet, especially as I age. Um, one thing I noticed. If you ever started, when you started, think on this level. Not when you, you first wake up in the morning, you know, you don't have to just jump out of bed and grab the water. But your body's kind of been leveling off and things kind of been drying up and kind of running through. So imagine a car sitting in the cold or sitting in the heat or kind of just run down from a long trip back from, you know, vacation. Mm -hmm. And the fuel injectors are hot and clogged up and kind of, you know, that one spit of like water through that filter or not, I mean, not water, but what that one spit when you got there freshen that car up and start the next day, that, that, that like, that like leftover fuel smudge and that filter actually goes out and gets out of the vehicle and goes to the exhaust and does its thing. That's the same thing that water's doing for you in the morning. Absolutely, man. The toxins right. kind yeah. of settle down and kind of chill and go through your body. So when you get up in the morning, you're kind of like, boom, get the toxins going, either either through number one or number two. Well, the water does that. That pushes the filter. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to get off into a health tangent. On no, you didn't. That was great. It, it's it's <laughs> all part of it, man. In the morning is important, dude. So you kind of clear that clog. Yep. All, all people, entrepreneurs, business owners, the, the, you know, those type of folks all have you know that kind of routine whether it be some kind of exercise stretching yoga they always get some water in i, I love coffee right but that's oh, not the, it, that's right? not the first thing i go to because I it have is to get for that. me unfortunately most of the time but i usually try to get drink some water sorry man but no there, the there are times that i don't I, I i you know the table beside my bed i the night before i take some sips before i go to bed and the first thing i do i get up in the morning i crack that bottle open of water and i start yeah. drinking it and uh, before I even get a shower, man. And this is taking time. It's a conscious effort. It doesn't happen all the time. Like I said, I slipped and I'm back to it. I've been back to it since mid-December. And I feel so great when I get that water in. And it, just like you said, I don't know what it is. Like you're rehydrating your body. You're feeling good. Yeah, it, it kind of just gets things It gets things churning up. But it's got to set you for the day. Oh, here, here you go. Here, This brings a good point, right? So... We, we've talked before and, and, and through the summer months and other stuff of detailing, right? Yeah, right on. When it's cooler out, your body doesn't use up as much water, sweat the water out like it does in the summer, but you still need water intake. Oh, it sucks because it's cold out and you got the cold water, yeah. So, so what do you do when you get a bathroom break coming up? How do you balance that? Do you know now how much water you can take in before you have to... Blow. Well, I, I, but look, man, I, I'll tell you because um, um, I'll I'll tell you that the weird thing about that is, bro, is I watched a documentary a long time about this boxer, and this boxer would drink his own urine. <laughs> I mean, I've he heard of survivalists be, doing that. Yeah, I've heard of survivalists well, yeah, doing survivalists that. Survivalists do it too, but I, I just so happened to watch this documentary, and I was like mesmerized. I was like, get the f out of here! You right. crazy? But what it was doing was put minerals back into his body, so he thought. Well, here's what I realized. When I drink a bottle of water, can I fill up a water? To, when I have to pee the next time, I want to know if I'm going to fill that bottle back up. 
Now you're gonna laugh, dude, but because I've been out mobile, I've realized when I drink a lot of coffee, I'm gonna fill up the bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. When I drink a little bit of water, I'm like, oh, I just pee, or excuse me, man, it's so crazy conversation, but <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> usual for I knew, I knew when we were gonna talk, I knew it'd go all over right, the place. Man. It's all right. <laughs> right. But yeah, dude, so I have, like, not trying to, bro, but I have noticed when I drink a huge coffee, I'll overflow that fucking bottle. <laughs> but when I drink just the water in the water bottle, I can pretty much pee out almost the same amount that was given to me from the factory. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> yep. So you're dehydrating because you know, of the coffee. It's extra water. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? See, so look at I, that lesson. I, look at that lesson we all just learned there coming back. That's good, man. Right, right. Now, 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 if you really want to go deep, man, if you can think of what goes in and out of your body, um, essentially, number one and number two, as disgusting as they are, you are, that is the only way to release the horrible toxins in your body. Yep. So just keep everything running right, man. Yep. You know, yep. but we, we can Water jump back. helps with all that too, right? Yeah, but we can jump back on detailing, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's get back on the detailing and uh, just so I, I because I know you, I know you had uh, you were mobile for a long time, and long, and, long time. And then sure. you then you went in. You're like, I, I want to open up a shop, and I don't know all the details of that. That's kind of okay. when I first met you. Okay, okay. Well, here, let me let me do this then, bro. I'll, I'll put because there's a lot to it, man. I, I, I've actually had a pretty long journey with detailing. Um, so in a nutshell. Once I wrecked my little car, I had a couple odd jobs. I ended up, um, you know, of course, getting another car and then going and get a normal job. And, you know, I was then 18, 19 years old. So what happened was when I got another car, I got another job, had another big dealership. I got my car. Um, I got into, like, sales for just about nine months. The manager knew me and knew me from, another, from the other dealership. He's like, look, man, you're not coming here to clean cars. Which he, he actually did me a favor. He said, look, man, I remember his name is Sean Campbell. I'll never forget the guy. Nice guy. Great guy. He said, no exaggeration. He said, look, I'm going to let the owner know I'm bringing you up to the floor. Hmm. I said, okay. I said, I don't have a lot of clothes, bro. I said, you know that about me, man. I said, I, I don't have really much. Yep. He said, be at my house. I got chinos. You remember? You oh, know, yeah. Oh, chinos. Yep. So he gave me all his little tiny little moth hold up chinos. He gave me a pair of penny loafers. I kid you not, dude. The guy was like pretty much the same size. And he, he I remember he was a married guy, he had a beautiful wife, beautiful daughter. And just, he was like, just come to my house and get this shit. And it was ties and shirts. I mean, I'm talking, dude. He probably gave me $3,500, $4,000 worth of gear. I mean, he gave me watches and necklaces and shades. Yeah, yeah, man. but you but, had you know, to go he, in there looking he good. He set me up with cars. all his old gear. Yep. Yeah, everything was pressed and, you know, it was legit. You know? Wow. So, so anyway, so I did that. And uh, nothing against the car dealership sales, but as a lot guy, it was more laid back kind of being around a dealership. Yeah. As a salesman, it was all political and snakes, you know, people kind of snaking me on deals or, you know, something didn't happen with a bonus and blah, 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 blah. So the first year I did pretty good and then, I just didn't like all the politics, and I really honestly didn't like being there six days a week. Uh, salesmen were required to be there at least 48 hours, so you uh, okay. were really doing about, yeah, you were doing about 60 hour a week. 
Um, we used to get these draws checked. Oh, excuse me, these draw checks, brother. You know, I might as well. I should have been selling popcorn on the fucking corner for them draw checks. <laughs> so anyway, so yo, man, look. With all that being said, I walked away from the cars. Okay. I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna learn how to bartend. You wanna hear another funny story why that connected all this? <laughs> Let's do it. I watched fucking cocktail with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think everybody wanted to be a, uh, a bartender after that movie. God, dude, I swear to God, Steve, that is why <laughs> I fucking chose to go into the business. I know you. You're like, I can do that. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I was like, you kidding me all that ass? Hell yeah. <laughs> we all have our motivations. I was 19 years old going on 20 years old, dude. I walk around with a boner full time. <laughs> Fuck, man. I mean, dude, you got to... Look, bro. Look, man. Let, let's, lighten up my, let's lighten up my dark shit in my life. Here's what's up. Um, I was... I'm a short guy, but God gave me some nice, some nice biceps and some blue eyes, okay? And he gave me a big mouth, obviously. <laughs> So I use that. Yeah. And I've always used that. Got it. Being from the street and having a couple good friends on my side, because like I said, I don't want to make it all dark. I knew that, you know, there was like, you know, other opportunities out there, man. A couple of my friends came from big neighborhoods and had four or five cars in their driveway and had, you know, built in pools and pizza parties and shit. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Their parents used to spend two G's on the birthday party. I was lucky if wow. my mom gave me I was lucky my mom could give me a shirt and a pair of shoes. I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying, you know. Oh, no, I so, get it. I started to also see that side of life. Yeah. Okay, dude. And I was starting to adapt to it. I was, I wanted more. Yep. Once you go from a lot man to a salesman to going to bartending and bar or bar backing and waiting tables and running food to eventually bartending. I'm not saying that I learned a lot, but come and start working at a, at a 15 year old, you know, 14, 15 year old kid who had to work because he was kind of like, you know, envious of his buddies and wanted to kind of do a little bit of this and a little bit of that to basically losing my job and being back, you know, under the gun and back on the bus. So that didn't make me feel too good. No. To having decided to do something. So my mom was making arrangements and I just so you know I did have a mountain bike that got me to work my first mountain bike in fact I financed it was a $400 mountain bike I had the cash and the guy said do you want to build some credit I said sure yeah sure it was a purple Jameis mountain bike okay I bought it from a shop <clears> called performance <throat> and I financed it dude I paid like 70 bucks interest on the thing I, I paid it off in like three months I was all sketched. I remember being a young kid all worried and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my mom was like, yeah, you should, you know. Um, people made a joke. They were like, damn, I remember people making jokes. Um, damn, Ziggy, people, most people uh, buy those, uh, buy a gold necklace or finance a gold necklace. Not you. You're out there getting the bike so you get yep. your ass to work. Like, people used to say that to me, and I would think nothing of that would be. I, I kind of thought they were making fun of me, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Maybe right. I should... Maybe I should have the gold necklace. Maybe I'm a fucking sucker, right? You know, yeah, you're doing the wrong thing, but you right. didn't. Yeah. But I didn't. But I did. Yeah. So, so, with all that being said, so eventually, you know, I mean, I got my own wheels again. I'm back on the road. You know, the bike thing, all that stuff, the bad time with the car, and, you know, 
all that stuff went away. Yep. You know what I mean? I ended up I ended up parting out some of the car, making some money. I stored that money away. You know what I mean? I had my mom help me out the best she could, co-signing for another car. And I eventually I got a Mitsubishi Galant. Um, it was a GSR Galant. Um, I was working at the restaurant a little bit here and there, and then I did go back into working at another dealership. Part-time. Okay, so another dealership, yeah. Yeah, just to do a little stuff here and there. Yeah. And then after that, bro, I just remember going into, I remember working at the restaurant, doing doing some car stuff, and then I was about like, I don't know, man, like 21, 22, and I kind of like just wanted to just be in the restaurant business totally. I wanted to bartend. It was like around 21, I think. So okay. I was dilly-dallying, basically, is what it came down to. Yeah. I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Trying this, trying that. Me. Cars kept pulling you back. You're I didn't doing want to this. Be, I, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. be a salesman, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. I took on the job, and what the bartending job taught me um, and the restaurant jobs taught me was you have to always be ready for something, man, because there wasn't exactly fights and stuff, but... You know, there was money being stolen, overpouring, you know, and oh yeah, you know, people doing shady things, man. You know what I mean? People leaving on their tabs. So you had to be quick, man. And luckily, I was all about the monetary issue by now, okay? So let me speed you up, man. So I get, I basically get my ass in gear, okay? I basically become a, a, a good young man. Um around 19, 20, 21, besides all the work and everything, you know, I got over that little hump between 17 and 18 where I wrecked my car and didn't work for a little bit. You know, I bounced back. Yep. So here I am with a nice Toyota Tacoma truck, CBR 600. And I, I had this job bartending and I had this job that got me from bartending through meeting somebody working for a franchise in the health business. This small little... Uh, it, it, it dissolved, but it was a small. So I, then I went from dilly dallying back and forth with cars to going into full time bartending because I had the opportunity to make the real money and be a bartender. Right. Be a, I, I still bar back in Boston. I still waited tables because you always had opportunity to make money. Yep. You know what I mean? Somebody call out. If you let me tell you something. If you want to keep your fucking job, you want to keep your bartending Saturday night. You better take a fucking Sunday busing job. If they call you in, I'm in. You feel me? Yep. That's how it worked out. Yep, bro. I'm in. Yeah, you need like, me? no, I'm in. you got it. I'll be there. Yep. I'm, yeah, I'm tired, but you know, you know, I'm single, no kids, I'm young. You know, I live down the road. They know everything about me. You know yep. what I mean? So I would do that, and 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 that kind of got a little old because I knew the restaurant kind of had me, but I loved the money mm-hmm. and I loved the hours, the evenings, and the mornings, and all you know, and the women. You know what I mean? You know. Oh yeah. It, the women was, oh, dude, what a good time. <laughs> I'm glad because I don't get any ass now. So I'm glad, bro. I'm a, I'm a single dad, dude, working all the time, struggling. Nobody wants to deal with a short guy. I'm so, a single dad. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, bro. It's all good. But no, I had I had those good times. Um, nothing crazy, but I had good times. And um, I hope they did too. Um, but I just knew again. That at that point, let's get back to this whole working thing. I knew then the restaurant thing was getting a little old. Yep. And it would only take me so far. You know what I mean? Yep. And nothing against restaurant things because I still think bartending is a great gig, a great job. 
Um, it's just for me, it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. There's a it lot was of something for you to, to make money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what ended up happening was, bro, I ended up going to full time once the company dissolved. I didn't want to go back into bartending, but I did a little bit here and there. And then I took a job with a huge company, a huge health chain, health fitness chain, doing sales. And I was about 24, 25. And I still was hanging on to like a bartending job. In fact, you'll laugh, dude. I'm being as little as I am, you know, five foot five guy. I try to stay in shape, you know what I mean? Um, I think I got Popeye arms, but I really don't. But I was working the door at this restaurant too. So, you know, looking back, it was an easy access for me to get some tail. I could make side money because I had catering business. My sales job was directly across the street from the restaurant slash bar. So it wasn't, I literally just walked across the street after work. Yep. I changed at the health club. I worked out at the, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, went across the street, made some more money. Yeah, dude, yeah. it was nothing. Then I yeah. went and got fucked up. And you know what I mean? You, know, you, you, you try to get laid if you can, but that's it. I mean, it was just really just me being a 24 year old kid. Okay. Yep. That's, that's my whole point. Yep. I was a 24 year old you know, sharp guy. I had two jobs. and I mean, I had the main corporate job, sales job. I was there. I was doing the meetings. I was coming in hungover. I was everything that I should have been, bro. I even, in fact, dude, I even drove a Lexus, a brand new Lexus when I had that job. Wow. All right. So, yeah. That's a long way from the 81 Rabbit, man. Right on, bro. Well, you know what I mean? At, at 24 going on to 25, I was making about fifty to $60,000 in sales every year. I was a single guy. I was I was living with a good buddy of mine, and, and his it was his condo. He asked me to come in to help him with some bills. Really, he was charging me the same thing I was, you know, paying to live with my mom, and I hated living with my mom. You know, I hated that situation. That's so, great, great money at that time, man. At that age, yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, I was a fucking idiot, bro. I was a total fucking idiot. So yeah, if we could all go back and count up that money we just kind of got rid of and wish we held on to. Oh, let me let me tell you, dude. So, well, let me let me tell you how much of a we, we all we all have those stories. My friend, we sure do. Thank God for social media being a thing of the new. Right. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude. I be you be talking to me from prison, bro. Anyway, look, um, look, man. All that shit sounds good. All that shit's nice. All that stuff was fun. But I want to speak to you now as a 42-year-old man, as a father and, and someone who worked. Yep. Okay, I, let me let me get off my let me get off my cool circus of a life because no, it's really important. Looking, to pe- no, no, it, I don't discount that. It's important that people know where it, it came from and started. So I'm glad you went through all that, and I'm glad you said that the hard times, the good times, the fun, and all those things because that got you to a point where you are. So go ahead. Well, I want to I want to make sure people know that you know there's a time in my life when I fell, and I fell to a lot of things that you don't need to fall to, mm-hmm. um, partying, trying to get women. You know, um, I'm not saying I should have been at home reading all the time, but you know, looking back, I, I wish I did read at least one book a month. Um, I wish I did take some side courses. Um, I wish I was more of an, of an idea man because I sure uh, some kind of idea man because honestly Steve 
I have a work ethic of a fucking of a horse, bro. I mean, uh, I mean, two horses, a mule. I mean, whatever you give it a name. Um, yeah, you. Every time, every story, everything you've said so far, it's it's whatever it takes, right? You you finance the bike to get to work because it was what it took, whatever it took to get there. My mom, my mom was like, "Well, the guy's right. You should establish credit." And then you know there was the joke made about well, most people just go get a gold chain, mm-hmm. and 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 not not that nothing's anything's wrong with that. I was the kind of kid that I was like, man, fuck you. I'm not getting it. Like, dude, the way it was said to me. Gold chain doesn't pay the bills, man. I was like, yo, man, I'm not the kid that gets a gold chain. Fuck you. I'm getting a bike to go to work. You know what I mean? That's honestly the the straight up attitude I had back then. Good. When that person, when that particular person said that to me, you know what I mean? Oh, it hit you. They were trying to crack a joke. Yeah, it hit you. So what is that? Yeah, it hit me. It hit me because I was also sorry, brother. But they. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to know what what who that guy is today. Tell me about who you are today, and, and all that stuff's led to where you are. Let's just talk yeah. about where you are now. Yeah. So I'm doing the sales thing, and I had a really good job, and, and, and there were some things that went down. In fact, um, to pinpoint when this time was, um. I remember being in a in a in a in a training class uh, that we had to go to to the hotel next door, and that's when 9/11 happened. I was actually sitting there watching that. Um, so that tells you what year that was. That I was kind of you know in that realm. Yep. Um, that was a scary thing. I I actually witnessed the entire second thing happen like on live TV because they were filming about the first building. So I'll never forget that day. What a tragedy. But anyway. Um, Anybody who lived through it, don't, man. I can tell you where I was, the conversations I had. I can tell you everything that happened. And we'll never forget it. Never. You know, such such a remote part of the world, man. Um, I mean, we I mean, we are in such a remote part of the world that people think it's just, you know, no, man. There's a lot of evil out there that, 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 that you know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate. People don't get how remote we are. Right. Compared to what else is out there, you know what I mean. You could just leave your house right now, go to the local store, grab a sandwich, and grab gas, and grab a porno magazine. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. All for under ten dollars. Yeah, and you everybody know? says, so, you know, that's a problem, right? Such a, yeah, we live in such a horrible world. I'm like, come on. So, um, so look, dude, I did the sales gig, and 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 I was doing this restaurant thing, and what had happened with the sales gig. I started to go back down to my bad boy side. What gen- What basically happened, bro, um, it got dark. I became um, a little bit addicted to uh, partying with, uh, with with other drugs, man. I just wanted to be, uh, I, I used to eat some Xanax and drink some beers and drink some cocktails. And it was all just going to cocktails and having fun. And then I was like, you know what, man? This sales job is BS. And, you know, I got all entitled and, you know, they screwed up my bonus or whatever bullshit excuse I made to quit that job. But I eventually quit and went back into bartending. You cool? Yeah, I'm cool. Okay. So I fell off, man. Yeah. And I fell off that good path. Yeah. And uh, the Lexus got repossessed. Man. Um, the roommate. You know, him and I, you know, we, we split. Yeah. Went back to mom's. So, um, you know, how can someone who was doing really well want to go down that road? I just stopped caring, dude. Yep. 
And let me tell you my saving grace. So the sales job is over. The Lexus is a voluntary repossession. So that hits my credit and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm at my mom's house, man. And my, I remember my mom saying to me, okay? I remember my mom saying to me, you need to get off my couch. You need to figure out what the hell you're going to do. I remember having this money saved up on top of my dresser and there was a note on it or an envelope rather that I used to save money and I would I would write what the what the envelope was for tattoos you know you know trip with a friend whatever you know what I mean concert tickets I would just put the money in there okay yep. Old school way of saving for things. It's called the so you. It's the visual that you get instead of just putting oh, it yeah. in the bank. Yeah, you know you don't want to take from it. You want to you know you cut back on ordering a pizza and throw the ten dollars in the envelope type thing. Yep. So that's what I did. Well, my mother took that money, man. She said, "You're fucking crazy to think you're going to get a tattoo after what you just did." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right, man." And my mom's like. Brian, you're going down the wrong path. You got to get your shit straight. Well, about a month later, man, I'm not listening to mom. I don't care about anything. A buddy of mine lent me a car, and I'm getting worse. And then all hell breaks loose. Around about 30 or 40 people I went to high school with because it was a local little pub scene. Um... The restaurant I worked for, man, the owner just didn't want me there anymore, man, because I had become such a nuisance party and after work and shit. We, we, you know, he didn't like me and I didn't really like him. Yeah. That didn't matter at all. You know what I mean? Hey, give me, give me one second, man. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Take your time. All right, bro. Yeah, I'm good. So, 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 going back in this little brief dark moment, man, what had happened was, dude, I just, I basically called my mom and said, look, mom, um, we need to talk. And she's like, what's going on with you? And I said, mom, you know, you just picked me up from jail last night. We're sitting at this little restaurant, little, little two top table. And she's crying. She's like, what have you been doing? And my stepdad, man, as much as I want to fucking kick him in his nuts, you know, he did keep my mom on the spoonie up and up, man. So for about 14 years, man, my mom was really cool. And her and I actually, I actually, I actually treated her poorly because of how I was raised, basically. Mm -hmm. My mother wanted to get her life straight, and I had already kind of been a bad apple by then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my stepdad realized that, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll hold myself accountable. I mean, I wasn't the easiest kid to take. But um, I was also left on my own, man. Kind of like that Eminem story. You know what I mean? You're, yep. You know, you know the kid's not a bad kid. Obviously, he wants to do good for himself. But shit just keeps getting in his way. And you can't help it when you're fucking poor. Yep. Okay? Yep. Um, But that's not an excuse. I'm not putting that on an excuse. It's just um, what happened. Yeah, it's not only excuse chalkboard. So... I'm arrested... Put in jail one night because I just got buck wild, Steve. And like I said, I'm sitting there with my mom. My mom's like, dude, what in the hell? 
I said, Mom, the court's going to make me go to AA and, and make me uh, do uh, this and that. And, um, you know, we're going to need some help. You know, I'm going to need your help. I got to get my life back together. That's huge, man. I said, Mom, I got, you know, I got to go to, I got to go to the outpatient uh, uh, rehab and uh, I got, I got court to do and I got a lawyer. And I mean, it was a mess. Dude. Yeah. It, what, what happened exactly is not important. Nope. But it was fucking, uh, it was a mess. And I'm laying in that jail cell that night, petrified to call my mother because I basically told her my life was going nuts. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So we're finally at that restaurant and my mom's like, so what happened? And I was like, this is what happened. This is what was going on. And this is what I was doing. You know, her poor heart, my God, at that time. The unfortunate thing about my, my mother is my mother, you know, she's an alcoholic, man. It's, it, she has a, a lot of bad issues, man. And uh, her upbringing was good, but she just had issues, man. She, you know, she was used a, a lot, man. And, my mom's a good woman. She's a smart woman, man. She was top of her class at her Catholic high school. She played the drums. She was a smart woman. But she can't kick that bottle, man. She can't kick those excuses. She can't get the fuck out of her own way. Yeah. And uh, our relationship took a strain years ago. So, you know, we both decided you know, to just leave each other alone. Um, but um, my mother went back down that path, man. And... It was one of the hardest things for me to see because what happened was, bro, after I got arrested, after I woke up in my own fucking, my own urine, I picked up this payphone that was on the wall in a jail cell, getting up off the mat, totally soaking wet, covered in piss. I'm in a jail cell with a bunch of other fucking rug rats like myself. Who stink and, you know, I mean, I'm talking junkies, crackheads, you fucking name it. The one guy shit himself, bro. It was hard. So, you're laying there and I see, man, man, you get your phone call. None of that shit's bullshit. It's not what you see on the movies. It is the movie. It, 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 it's worse than the movies. Okay? Watch, watch a fucking documentary on A&E. That shit's not even that real. Them local small jails, they don't give a flying fuck about you. And especially when you're a drunk asshole that elbows cops and headbutts cops and resists arrest, they definitely take care of you. You would think, right? Yep, no. Not at they all. They take care of me. So I really had to learn a hard lesson that night, bro. Okay? I'm not blaming the cops, man, but they got me good. They gave me what I deserve. The Lord upstairs, he gave me what I deserve. My mother telling me to hit the streets, she gave me what I deserve. The alcohol... The cocaine, the rehab costing me, the lawyer costing me, the repossession of the Lexus, the bankruptcy. It all went down the way it was supposed to go down, Steve. So what I did, bro, is I said to my mother at that, at that meeting at that little restaurant, I said, look, man, I'm going to start a detail shop out front of your fucking house. She's like, where are you going to get your business from? I said, I don't know. I'm going to get online, figure out how to make business cards. I got a friend of mine started his own company doing power washing. I got another buddy of mine doing his own painting company, Steve, who now is a, you know, has a huge company now. I said, Steve, you know, he started his own painting company. Jamie started his own power washing company. Brian and Brent that I went to high school with are starting their own chimney sweeping company. I'm going to uh, do it. Other, yep. my, 
my other buddy started his own car, car uh, uh, excuse me, carpet, uh, carpet cleaning business. So I was like, Mom, I can do that. Um, you didn't even know. The, you just said, I can do it. This yeah, is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, but let me just share. During that downtime when I was, you know, bartending and I left the corporate job and I was in that dark little circle for those two years, I was working for a body shop at my lowest point during that time when I was going through my addiction and going through all the rough stuff. Mm -hmm. No more bartending because, you know, I, I, I pretty much got fired from that job. Um, I mean, I was coming to work hungover and late all the time, dude. The owner was there in the morning. He just, you know, he was fed up, you know what I mean? So, yep. um, I, I just took a job with a buddy of mine at this body shop. And it was a loser job. Not body shop stuff, but my job was a loser job. Right. You know, they just they just felt bad for me and they gave me a couple bucks a week and I was sleeping the floors and you know running parks and shit. It was fucking horrible. It was from a guy that was you know in you know top of the sales, assistant manager of a corporate sales health chain, driving a fucking Lexus like it was nothing, living in a badass condo with a cool ass roommate, getting laid all the time to a nothing, to an absolute nothing, and I knew that. Yeah. And that's what happened. So let me get right to it, bro. Yep. I start this company called Details. My mom's like, what is this? I, I go right online, get business cards made. I'm like, dude, I'm done. I walked off the body shop. I walked. The owner and I got into about something stupid. I was like, dude, this I'm is I'm out. Dumb. Yep. I'm out. I walked. Called my mother from... I stopped at a restaurant to use the bathroom and I asked the hostess if I could use the phone. I mean, bro, I was broke. I mean, I, you know, I was, I had prepaid phones the whole nine, dude. I mean, I was broke. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was driving a parts truck that the owner of the, of the, which is why I got, which is what the argument was about, was, you know, the way I treated the truck and all that. So I was like, look, man, just forget it. Keep the truck, keep the job. Thanks for what you've done for me. I've learned a lot about buffing and wet sanding and doing all that stuff i'm out <laughs> between the dealerships and working at that body shop and learning all that stuff i had to learn and you know i, I worked there for about a year so i did learn a lot yeah a lot of a couple of guys are really cool i had they they were fun to work with i did you know it was just it was just not a good place to work it was a very positive place i'm done i'm out i'm starting this detailing thing i don't know and what's going to happen so I but start details. yeah i start details and i put a z on the end for my nickname ziggy Ziggy's just a nickname I got when I was a kid. Um, it's stuck. Um, in fact, you know, it's even it's even tattooed on me, man. I got a tattoo on me that I've had like <laughs> since my twelfth birthday, I think. Um, a buddy of mine's brother said I look like the little fathead cartoon character, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, the little bald guy, man. So so I, the name stuck, and I was like, whatever, dude. I used to spell it with one G, and, and then someone that was like, you dummy, it's two Gs. So <laughs> luckily, I didn't get that tattoo on me, man. No. But um, details you know, with a Z, um, dude. Details with a Z, man. I, and look, bro, I had that for ten years. Um, so what happens is, uh, damn, man, I, man, I, Steve, I'm sorry, man. It, a lot of my stories have some dark stuff to them. Man. I didn't even realize it. Um, so I have details, and let me tell you, dude. Um, things happen fast for me with that business. Okay. I just took everything I had from the dealerships and that little time with the body shop and, of course, all my misery I had. Yeah. And I put all my... Now, you got to keep in mind, I wasn't partying. I wasn't going out. I had a lawyer bill. 
I had a very pissed off mom. I was living at home. I was all about making money. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who just had a you know Toyota Tacoma, a crotch rocket, a GSR Galant. You know, I, once that gets once that gets in your head, it's almost like a drug too. Yeah. Now you see. It's all well, you gone. Can, you everything's gone. Everything's down. You're you're at the bottom essentially, right? You got yeah. nothing. You got a prepaid phone. You're like, this ain't working. Mom, this ain't this working. Ain't working out. So I start the business, details takes off. Here's what happens, bro. I'm in my AA meeting. My sponsor and I talk. I walk up to him. I say, look, I had this little opportunity to have this little shop. I was bartending and going to AA, and my and my sponsor was like, my sponsor and my co-sponsor were like, dude, that's not a good place. But we get it. You do come to your meetings. You do go to your probation. You're, you know, I was, dude, I was Steve. I was on the up and up, bro. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, dude, I never wanted to be that guy again. So I was really legitly doing things. Excuse me. And I agreed. I said, okay. And he's like, well, look, man, you got this little, this little, this little shop you got. Cause one night I was bartending and this guy came in. He's like, hey, man, I got this little shop you can rent. We were just talking about what I do besides bartending. So I got to learn a little bit. I had a shop for a couple of years, a little tiny little shop. It, it, was, it was cool. It was a good beginning. But I knew mobile. Yeah. I just knew. I knew mobile was something, man. So I started to load up a truck that I eventually got. Eventually, you know, started building myself back up, bartending and working. You know, going to my probation officer. And, and guess what, bro? I was, also, um, I was also doing weekends for a few months there because of my punishment. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, as you can imagine, man, I was oh, yeah. going. Yep. I knew that I was going to be something, brother. I just knew that I was already nothing. So I knew I could be something. Hearing all this stuff, man, it was always in there. Oh, 100%. Yep. 100%. And I visited it briefly at that sales job. Yep. I just didn't believe in myself at that sales job. Oh, man. And I used to get, I used to let things get to me, bro. I used to let my bonus checks that were wrong get to me, and I used to let my managers comment. I was a little fucking crybaby back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> that loud mouth came in to play against you, huh? Yeah, dude. Come on. Yeah. Well, in, in health club sales, no. I mean, I, I, I'm very humble, but I was a top producer. I, I, I was an assistant manager. I did get promoted and stuff. So I, I don't want to knock the company. Let, it, let me let me bring one point home real quick, man. I want to bring one point home that you just said is that you didn't believe in yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people get is they don't believe it. When they get somewhere, they don't believe they should be there. Right. And here's how I relate it. I'll relate it like this. It's 75 degrees in your house, right? Say you're doing good, everything goes, right? Your temperature is going up, you're at 80 degrees, the thermostat's up. Guess what's going to happen? That air conditioning is going to kick on and bring you back down to that 75 degrees. Or vice versa. Or whatever. Or, or yeah. things get down and bad and boom, you're back up. Yeah. So you have to trust in yourself and believe in yourself and keep pushing past. I deserve to be here. Well, let's understand that we, we're going to have the cold times. Oh, yeah. It's going to go cold. It's going to go warm. This isn't my life. This guy's doing his job. Yep. You could have cried and got mad at him, but you knew. Look, I got myself here. <laughs> I could have been like, dude, I'm not going there, man. I'll just come in and sign my sheet. No, man, I went in there and I checked in like I was supposed to. And yep. I, 
I didn't give the guy a hard time. Like, he called me in the middle because they used to call me, dude. They'd be like, hey, you got to report by a certain time to pee in a cup. I'm like, what? Hmm. I mean, they did that to me one time. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, they want to know what's up or else you're going to prison. Look, man, I was in a lot of trouble, dude. I was in a lot of trouble, man. I, I, had, I had possession. Um, I had, uh, I had, I got physical with a cop. Um, I was drunk, disorder. I mean, you name it, dude. There was like six charges against me. I was facing three years. Mm. So, um, that came with me losing a lot of myself and friends and stuff too, but I bounced back. So let me tell you, man, my mother got, got I, you know, I, I know God loves her. I just don't know why she don't love herself. But she said, she's like, Brian, you know, you're better. You know, you, you can do things. You know, you, you know, you should, my mom said, she said, you used to pull up to the house in a brand new this or brand new that. Yep. You come to the gym or I, my mom, I remember my mom saying, she's like, one day it was snowing out and you come walking down the stairs in shorts and a sweatshirt and you're running shoes on. And, and, and she was like, where the hell are you going? I said, I'm running. Just because it's snowing don't mean I can't run. I got to run. Wow. So I went through my my little routine. Yeah. yeah. And my mom reminded me of that. My mom was like, you know, you you don't have to be this jackass, basically. So I, and, I, and, and that stuck with me. And my mom, you know, we were both upset and emotional. And, you know, she was pissed off, of course, too, because she was, you know, a mom. Yep. It was like, give me a fucking break. You know what I mean? Like, come on, Brian. You know, I haven't done the best job raising you, but I know you know better. That's right. And I was like, you know, mom, cool. Now you know my mom and I were tight, but we just, we, her alcoholism, bro, just, she's not the same woman I sat there with. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, bro. So, I, I, uh, I'll talk to you offline. I, I get it. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, and I'm sorry to even take it there again, man, but it's part of it. So, where I'm at now, bro, is I have details. Life is good, man. I got a truck, a trailer. I got my own, I, I went and got my own apartment. Um, I had a cool landlord. He used to let me leave my trailer there during the summertime. But you know, he was like, "Hey, man, the winter time, you know, I went off the property so I can get around and you know clear off when, you know, when it snows and stuff." So I had a place to store it in the winter time. So I worked a lot of things out. I had a nice truck. My credit was being rebuilt. I was back in the gym and I was taking care of uh, my, myself. And next thing you know, man, I met my met my son's mom. Uh, a year later, we had a boy. Um, a year after that, you know, we, we separated for you know for dumb reasons. But you know, she wanted to be a different person, and yeah, and and I went ahead and let her be that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I was a single dad, bro, and I was you know kind of like all over the place. So, yep, I. Sold that business details. Um, just put it online on Craigslist to be honest with you, bro. And I just wow. sold off the I did, yeah, I sold off my first business. I built a hell of a business, sold off the book and sold off some equipment. It wasn't wasn't a big wasn't a big exchange. I did okay. And I went back into bartending again. And I only did that because the money I made, I was bored. And I had nothing else to do, you know. I mean, from selling the from selling the company, and you know, if you paid attention to what the hell I've been through in the past, obviously I didn't really have a whole lot of fun to fulfill. Right. I was kind of stagnant, you know. I was a father now, and I already had my fun. I already got naked and did crazy shit, and you know. <laughs> made Thankfully, we didn't have social media, right? Right, man. So real, dude. Thank God. So, brother. And I only say that because I want people to know, man, like, I really lived out loud, man. I really went wild, man. Um, 
I also tried comedy on stage. I've done three little uh, really? three. I did a three minute, a four minute, and a, uh, I did a three minute, a four minute, and a and a, uh, an eleven minute set. Um, yeah, I opened up one time for Mickey Coachella from the uh, local radio station. Um, I tried that too, so I was kind of all over the place. But I eventually just. I, I just knew it, man. Once I saw details, I was like, you know what, man? I can be a single dad. I can do this. I can I can bartend, and you know it was tough. You know him and his you know his mom and I. It wasn't easy at first, but we worked out a good schedule. We finally get along. Not all the time, but we we work it out. And uh, I told her, I said, um, the nightlife ain't for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into my business. And she was like, thank God. And then boom. Water Tech came about. That was about eight years ago when Water Tech started. Um, I just went and got a regular old band. You know, I mean, I, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, to have some good credit, so I went ahead and got a new band. I went and got a sole proprietorship checking account, and I got a tank and I got a little power washer, and I just did it, Steve. And I said, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna look back. And and, and one day, I hope to build it up and, and and maybe possibly sell it, which you and I have talked about. Me, you know in my avenue with that yep um, but here i am bro 42 like yourself and uh listening to this is wild because um you know, of course hearing myself talk you know realizing i climbed through so much shit like the shawshank redemption man now it was all self-inflicted i'm not gonna you know say that you know you know, my mom was a reason or my dad wasn't around. That was the reason. But it definitely, it definitely. All I that stuff has an impact on who you are and, and everything, right? But yes, you always, so one thing I noticed about all the, the pieces of stories that went along to get to today is that you always had, like you'd always see your, your ther- thermostat go up and then kick back down. But you always knew that you were, you had something greater and you were doing whatever it takes to get there, right? So you had everything. Bam, it got pulled out. The drive was always there, right? And I think that's something that people, um, I don't know if everybody has it, but I think they're capable of it. Everybody has it, whether or not you engage in your drive. That's right. So the the, being an entrepreneur, right, is, is, I've heard it described this way, is somebody jumping off a cliff and building a plane on the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and man, you're, the, the the things that you've done and, and been through and stuff like that is you built a few planes, man. Well, I, <laughs> I thank you for that, man. But let me tell you, dude, just because I took that path and I didn't go like into the college path and the family path, it doesn't make me a good guy or a bad guy or a better guy. It just makes me a little different probably from what most people hear. But um, as an entrepreneur, to get back mainly on topic because you know that is what your show is about i'm gonna give all i give your show we, we take it everywhere when we talk man it's all good hey not my sad ass story you know what i mean but let's talk about the positive side the bounce back side yep i'm a great dad my son knows i'm a good role model um i'm a leader to peers in the detailing business like yourself i never thought i would be a leader like that but i also have another guy that um I'm going to eventually be a mentor to in the detailing industry. And hopefully he's going to be making his 50 to $60,000, you know, in nine months. And I, and I, and I've been, Man, that's awesome. 
I've been pushing him, telling him, man, he can do it. He's a young man. He's not married. He's uh, no, He doesn't have any children. I think that's, that's a bad thing. But, you know, when you're a single young man, you know, your schedule is a little bit easier. Yep. Uh, um, oh, I know. I least, talked about my schedule make, and what I have. There's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, my schedule is all self-inflicted. Um, but it's not bad things. I mean, the days that I, I can sit here and say that I get shit done... Um, no, there's an extra half hour I probably should have read. There's an extra hour I probably should have went in that one room and sanded down the closet. And I'm, I'm redoing the closet in the bedroom. And I got drywall work to be done. Um, you know, I decided to take on that project myself. It got a little hectic. I got frustrated. I, I, I stopped doing it. And, but I need to get it done. I mean, it's, it's, on, it's on the board. You know, I, I write down everything that needs to get done. I, you know, but, um, but one of the things, so you shared this with me, and I, I just want to say it, um, and just let everybody hear this is that you you set goals whether you just you know consciously or unconsciously or whatever you set goals of what um you needed uh for your life for your well for your life and your lifestyle and what you needed right and then but what did that give you that gave you the ability to put your son on and off the school bus Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I do. I actually take my son to him from school. I don't do the bus. Stop well, you take him to him from school. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, so that and, and that's one of the things that I think all every parent, at least personally, you know, I I take my kids to either a daycare or to the bus. But I, uh, I don't set it along either. That's crazy. Sometimes I wake up on my own. There's other times I'm thankful to have that alarm because we have late days. But it, it, it it's those things, you know, okay. You have the you, you're, you've created freedom in your life to do the things that it takes to be the dad that you, your son needs for you to be there, right? If there's something going on for him, you can open up those times in your schedule. Be like, son, I'm going to be there for you. Well, let's go back one. Let's go back. Let's rewind it real quick. When remember when I said my son was born, I sold the business. Yeah. I got spread too thin. I had I had created such a monster. That I was letting everybody control me. I, I was, I was, I was letting people set my prices. I was letting mm. people tell me because I want to share this. You know, letting people tell me, "Hey, man, I'm going to pull the Audi this, today, and, and I want you to do the Porsche instead." Well, the Porsche doesn't pay me as much, and we had the Audi scheduled. See, I didn't speak up like that. Yeah. Now, why would that matter? Why did that matter? Because that was fucking eight bucks out of my pocket. Yep. I let that person run me. You know I that's. You I shared that with that me. Day and rescheduled and got more money. I should have set more goals. So see, I learned a lot. Well, when you know, we connected and you, when we connected and you shared that with me, um, I didn't realize how huge that was in every other aspect that I do. Is that I'm in charge of my time. And when I'm, you start a business, and I'm going to be very, very punctual about this, so this gets right through everybody's head. When you start a business, you have the fucking right to be selfish. You chose to leave your comfort, the, the comfort zone that most choose. And you better be doing it for selfish reasons. Now, don't be a dick about it and be selfish. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you can I'm be gonna, nice and do I'm it. I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to go get a massage and then I'm going to go do the estimate or then I'm going to go do the detail. No, you go to the gym when everybody else is in traffic. Mm hmm. That's what self-employment is. I leave the gym at 9.30. I'm walking out of the gym at 9.30, Steve. Yep. I'm walking out of the gym at 8. 
Or I might get up at 6, go to the gym, come back home, take a nap, and leave the house at 9. When the roads are starting to calm down. I do that because I felt that that was a necessity for me, selfishly. Yeah. No, it is. And, and, and so, one, so when I was trying to please everybody when I first started... And I still feel some of that, and I want to make people feel comfortable. Well, the thing well, I learned you, you is that, that you want to you want to you want to service your client. You want to follow your passion. Different. It's it's different than that, though. That's important. I was I was letting them dictate the, the terms of of what I do, and so, but I had someone, and I always trust my gut, right? So I had someone call me and say they wanted me to do their vehicle that they heard that I was the best and they trusted in the, the person that they got it from. They wanted me to do it. So you go through the process. What's the vehicle? You know the process. What's the vehicle? What's the mileage? Well, yeah, how old it say, is? Whatever. We say for listeners, that you, you ask about the year to make the model, how they maintain their vehicle. If it's been detailed, you know, when was it last cleaned, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Do you run car washes or you hand wash it? Absolutely. Right. So you're, you're, doing your, you're doing your mandated um, um, briefing. Absolutely. So you get through that process and then uh, this person proceeded to tell me how exactly I was going to do my work. And only because of the advice that you gave me, I said in my head, uh-uh, I'm not letting him tell me what to do. And so I, as politely and as assertively as I could was, I appreciate that, but you called me because I was the best and the right person to do this, right? Quote, so, unquote quote unquote so let me do what I do and be happy with the result and And then make your remarks or then we can discover you know maybe another avenue if this isn't satisfactory work to you yeah he didn't he didn't like that he said no I want this I want two coats of wax I want this or whatever I said you don't know what you want and I said I'll tell you this I don't go I don't hire people at my other job and then tell them every detail to do I say this is what I want done I want the car in a show. I'm going to take it to a car show, and I want it ready to go. Right. And then I let you go do that. Let me go do that. He's like, I want it done this way. I said, then you're going to have to find someone else. And he We went, are in a business like that. But he sure. went online, and he bashed me, and it was, I mean, it was over the top, right? I remember that conversation. Yep. I, it was over the top. And so that's haunted you. I said, I, I, I wouldn't let that happen. I said, no, no never. I'm not doing your car. I won't touch your car. I won't touch any car that is around you. Because you're came you're, back to bite you in the ass. You're not my guy. Lesson. Yep, I said you're not my guy. But it's a great lesson because the the, the bad review was the bite in the ass that you had to go through to realize, damn, I need to handle a client like that. Yep. I actually had to deal with. I thought I only heard about people like that. Yep. That's the goodness of that. See, I used to be so afraid of those clients. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? You're not setting them in their place. You're not putting them in their place, whatever. You're actually explaining to them as a professional. Look, man, you may not like my tone of voice. You may not like my style. But do you have a vehicle there that needs to get done? I have 16 plus, 17, maybe 18 years of doing this, like total. I need you to trust me. And if you've heard good things about me, because I, I, I personally don't advertise, you know that, I don't have a website, I don't, I'm, I'm a referral-based business only at this point. Yeah. Another good blessing. But if you've heard about me, 
then you should be asking me, and, and I don't mean to be cocky, but you should be asking me about price or product or how I work. And that takes a long time to get to, but when you get there, you gotta be selfish because you gotta say to yourself, hey man, I've worked hard, I've studied, I've practiced, you know what I mean? I've like gone to appointments and cars weren't there. You know, cause that's happened. Oh man, oh I know. You know? Yep. It does happen, you hear about yeah. it, but you, until you show up and nobody's there, you're like, wow, it happened to me. You know, the employees or, or, you know, your generator are acting up or, you know, something is stupid and I've been guilty of it. You only have 40 gallons of water in your tank and the person's water is turned off. Yep. Or their hose bib is 2,000 feet away from you. You know, so we've been there, done that, right? Yep. And that's a part of it. And dealing with that client is a good thing, bro. It really is. Oh, it really is. I, I won't ever forget it. Um, and it was... Uh, something I think that people just have to go through. You have to go through those tough times. If it's all easy, you just don't learn enough. You don't. And, and another thing I'll say too, man, part of the selfish thing, set your value, man. I'm not going to tell you what my number is, but I won't leave the house for a certain... I, I, I will not leave the house unless I'm making a certain number on a vehicle or a certain number per day. And it's not... It's just I built myself to be at this certain per hour level yeah and that's okay self-employed guy and what people don't realize is you gotta knock off gas knock off taxes because as a business that's in 15 plus years man once you get to about three or four years you better be running legitly you got people writing the checks you're swiping credit cards yep you know everything i i I have all that yeah i have all that you know the account the whole nut so but dude you just set your value man you set your value and you make sure that you live past your value. Make that, here's the biggest Over thing. Over-deliver, man, it's huge. Over-deliver. Give that pizza to them hot, baby. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in the trunk of that Honda Civic. Bring that pizza here. Don't stop and get your pack of smokes. Yep. Get the pizza to the house and then go get your pack of smokes. Yep. Same thing with detailing, man. The first half hour is all set up. The last half hour is what really counts. When that client's coming out, and they, you know, they know you've been there four, five, six, seven hours. That's another and point all- that people don't understand because they go to the car wash for five, 10, 30 minutes, maybe. They don't understand for when you tell five them bucks, for five for bucks. Five to 18 bucks. For five to 18 bucks. Yeah. And that's not even for three minutes. Nope. And so then we tell them it's going to take four to six hours. And they're like, what? Yeah. What, what are you doing to? Well, <laughs> It's, I can't really give you that theory, but I look at it and I do what I need to do to And you come out at the end and like you said, man, my, my motto is you show up, you shine up and you shut up. I mean, you show up, you, sh- yeah. you show up, shut up and shine up. Um, I'll probably never trademark it, but I, I, it's, it's, I used to tell myself that. I use um, it. When clients are talking to me a lot, Instead of me being rude, I say, hey, guys, I'm so sorry. I have to punch in now. And I'm not punching in. But they know what's up. Instead of me being, you know, I'm like, look, guys, I'm so sorry. The equipment's kind of loud. I got the phone kind of buzzing. I got to punch in. Can I get rolling? That helps, too. Yeah, you and I, you you and I are talkers. And we, yeah, uh... you and, yeah, but you also let them know, damn, man, this guy, he's ready to work. He yep. wants to get to work. Yep. I think that's important too. You can't just show up like you're doing them a fucking favor, man. 
Don't treat oh, a client man. like that. That's huge. Don't treat them like you're like you're doing them a favor. Nope. Don't ever be that way. Do them do them a favor and they'll never know about it. Spray paint if you're good, if you can get to this level. Spray paint with you know, have a black can of spray paint and spray paint the rusty um toe hitch. You know, make sure you you know make sure you use your cardboard and whatever. But if you can get to that level, I've done that so many times, dude. You know how many times I've told people? Never. You don't. Never tell them that, man. But when that hitch is all rustied up and they got that clear chrome bumper polished up, man, dude, I, I, I break down some cardboard. It looks horrid, yeah. And I give it a little... And that's it. That's what you know? sets you apart. That's when that's when you can, you can set your value, right? This is what I know because you talked about the price, leave the house, or whatever. But this is this is the value you bring, and you know that, and the people that trust you know that, and that's why you don't have to do a bunch of advertising or anything else. That people tell other people of what they get. It took a long time to get there. And oh, see, absolutely. Bouncing back from details after that whole thing and starting that company, going through the separation. Becoming a part-time father, which I, I hate. I actually, it's a whole nother conversation, but. I'm right I, there I, with you, man, I get I, it. I do what I have to do like so many men before us, so yep. I would not be a fucking baby about it. Um, I love my son. Um, I love my son's mom. And I love the fact that he knows he has two adoring parents. Yep. Um, that's all that's important. That's it, but, that's all that matters, man. But, Steve, but, as a man, it, wear, it wore on me as a business owner. So don't ever lose that. I don't want you, me, or men be, be behind us or in front of us to ever forget those pains because that is what makes us strong. Yep. Um, I wish I wasn't so bitter and angry all those years. I wasted a lot of energy and I caused probably some serious toxins in my body because of that anger. Mm -hmm. But it's made me a better father. It's made me a better man. It's made me someone who can come on to the phone and talk to you. Yeah. You know, express that to maybe someone who is on the brink of fucking anger every day, and I can tell them, look, man, don't do it to yourself. I, you know, it's bad enough to drink and party and let that shit get out of control because I, I'll be honest with you, I envy the people that can go out. And I know this sounds crazy, but just, hey, man, this is me. I envy those guys that can go to Vegas for a weekend, get drunk, do a line of coke, and never fucking think about it again. Those men, I I don't know what they do and how they do that, but I can never do that. So I realize that. Box. Wow. I can yeah. never do a sales job. You want to know why I can't be a sales job? And here's the biggest thing. I forgot to say this. Does everybody want to know why I got into detail? Well, obviously because I had some car cleaning background. And I wanted to do something. But let me tell you what happens when you're a fucking bum in jail who's got white who's got white rings around the nose. People don't want you, dog. Mm -mm. You now got a criminal record. Yep. That's what happened to me. That's why I'm, I don't call it luck. That's why my spirit is high. That's why Jesus and God, and you hear that, my, I come out of me. Because you can't lay in your own urine in a jail cell and come out and hopefully your mama lets you, you know, kick up at the house for a little bit and let you use the hose out front. Yep. I visualize that. And I said it's got to end. Yep. You know what I mean? But don't forget that, dude. Like, that's, you know, 
that is what really happened. I was lucky to say, shit, man, I can fall back on my detailing. I don't have to worry about going and getting a job. I got people who see me doing this throughout my mom's neighborhood. Watch, you know, I knew it. Like I said, I knew it. I visualized it. Washing my bike, washing my mom's uh, SUV and her car and, you know, her shit. My mom, man, my mom used to have a boat, dude. I mean, my mom, she was on point, you know. Mm. You know, she got bit by the bug and the bug got her. Luckily, I got away from the bug. Yep. You know, I got bit by God instead. Yep. Um, I, I got bit by God that night instead of the bug forever. And I made something of myself because of it, Steve. And that's what I want to share with this moment. Uh, that's what detailing has done for me. Awesome, I made man. money and I'm a sole proprietor, but that's really what detailing, that's what following my passion. That's what being that kid lost that's where this all led. Oh man. You know, truthfully, without cars and as silly as it sounds, without a buffer and a wax pad, <laughs> and a couple of polishes and creams, I probably wouldn't be much today. Yeah. That's huge, man. That, well look, I knew it'd get crazy when we when we set this up. Yeah, right, man. I yeah. knew we get I knew we get all over the place and uh, I just wanna land the plane and uh, yeah, br- bring it I home and it. And uh, I just want to thank you again for, for coming on and sharing everything and really trusting me and, and trusting everybody that's going to be listening. Hopefully, and I know they will. I know they're going to get something from your story and, and, and the things that you went through. And, and if you touch one person or 100 people, I know they're going to get something from you, Brian. And, and um, If someone comes on here and wants to know what my point was tonight, I didn't have one. I just wanted to vent. Um, That's what this is for, man. Yeah, express express some things, you know. I'm sorry, Steve, but express some things about being a CEO or or a self-employed guy or so proud. But to know that this isn't the end for me, folks. Nope. The detailing was another part of my story. Um, I have some things I'm working on too to do other things. So I might even retire from detailing one day, one day very soon. So when that happens, I'll say that I was able to grow two detailing businesses. I had a small shop, a big shop. I had employees and I paid bills and I put a roof over my son's head. So if you think detailing is a chump job or we're out there just washing cars, we're not baby. We're out there making livings. We're yep. out there making 40, 50, 60 grand in eight, nine months. Working 20 days a week, starting at you know 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, don't get me wrong, dude. There's days where I work all day long, but you know there's days I work all day long during the summer. I'm bringing home four or 500 bucks. A day. But, yeah, per day. Yeah, think, so listen, when listen to say, that. Yeah. You're out there, I'm like, yeah, I'm out there, but I'm getting tanned. I'm getting lean from working in the heat and you know not you know not shoving food down my face sitting in the desk you know and these are choices that I made now like, don't get me wrong when it works and let me just say this too bro when it rains for two weeks straight I don't get paid nope okay so I'm not let me get off my high horse <laughs> oh I know because there was only five weekends this year this entire year where it didn't rain five weekends in, it, in the like de- every, it rained like every Friday, I think. In the detailing it? season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And of My course, hottest day of the week, baby. Payday. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah, dude. You know, so, I mean, that's another thing that we can talk about. But look, man, anybody that wants to get out there and be their own boss, you know, start something small. Keep your overhead low. Try to make it a cash-paying business. Try to get paid daily if you can or every other day of day. 
That way you don't get into um, being paid 30, 40, 50 days out. Um, Dude, I did cash that flow is key, man. People don't yeah. understand. Cash flow is key. Working for yourself because you, you know, no matter what happens, you know you can go out there and get money. You can basically go out, have a horrible week at work. Your paycheck goes to bills. I'll leave it right here. Your paycheck goes to bills. This is what used to happen. My paycheck would all go to my bills and my lawyers and all that stuff to get me out of the gym. You wanna know why I got mobile? Because when I was eventually doing weekends, I had to go to jail from Friday to, to Sunday night. Yeah. When that was all over and everything was still over, I still had to like, you know, be a good boy and still be, you know, I still had to answer the people and stuff. So I started to be certain places at a certain time. I had to go to outpatient rehab from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. at night. So I would basically miss a good bit of work, you know, mm -hmm. like crunch time and shit, mm -hmm. you know, trying to start something really. So I was really being boggled down with that. So what I did, Steve, I took a Saturday or Sunday. I threw everything in the back of this old pickup truck. My mom co-signed yep. for me. And that's how I started mobile. Yep. So you just grab your buckets and grab a little power washer and ask the customer. Get started. Can I hook something up to your house? Yeah. You put a little power strip there, so you don't break, so you don't, you know, turn the breaker off in the house, and you, and you, uh, you use your brain, <laughs> and you make some money, and you know, you know, go on YouTube or call a professional detailer and ask about the two bucket system. Ask about black pads and cheap pads and polishes and one step waxes. Because guess what, you can get away with doing a car in three hours, making one hundred twenty dollars, and doing two of them a day. Yeah, and not that's real. Yourself. Yep, that's real. And and you're not. You're not killing yourself. You're out there. You're doing your thing. You got your headphones in. You're having a good time. You're, yep. Stun's beating down on you, baby. You got your frozen Gatorade chilling. Hell that's yeah, right. with the slushies in it. Hell yep. yeah, dude. Or slushy Gatorade. I love those, man. All right, bro. I'm going to go, go ahead and cut it off and uh, just stop this here. And, um, All right. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian.